we're back at the ranch. You turned 40? Not yet. In seven days. Let's see the math. Here's a poem. <laughs> I'm all I'm 39 officially now. Oh, How do I look? Just coming into your prime. <laughs> Everything hurts. Oh, someone sent me this poem. <clears throat> I would like to start off by reading it. Don't look into my eyes. <laughs> this feels more awkward than I imagined it. This is from Judy Drew, who emails me a lot, and I appreciate it so much. She said, after reading your column about turning 39, I thought you might like this poem by Donna Ashworth. It is very meaningful, meaningful to me. As time goes by, you will loosen your grip on that rock, the one you always thought was home, and you will realize that home is not a place. It's a state of mind. Let it go. As time goes by, you will learn to see yourself more clearly. The girl who was always too much of one thing and too little of another was actually everything she needed to be. Let her out. As time goes by, you will let the simple things become the big, and you will allow the big things to become the simple, and that readjustment will be the day you real, really start to live. Let it be. As time goes by, you will be forced to say goodbye many times, and your soft little heart will shatter, but it will still beat, and it will... It will still beat, and that will bring you all the purpose you need. Let it beat. As time goes by, you will stop choosing wealth over peace. You will stop choosing money over time, and you will see that the treasures you need are in the smiles and the laughter. Let them in. As time goes by, the moments you remember when your life flashes past are never the awful memories, my friend. It's the joy. The summer nights, the lazy days with loved ones, the midnight chats, and the morning hugs. Let them happen. Let them all happen. I cry a little bit when I read it. <laughs> I, crying is not the reaction I was at. I, I like that poem. The is it line? a poem? It's like a story, but... Well, it's a poem. I like it. I, it basically describes my life. <laughs> the one that resonated with me, because we've said this so many times in our life, what is your time worth to you? Yep. That changes when you hit like this phase in our lives. That You will stop choosing wealth over peace, choosing money over time. Oh, my God. That is very true. There, There is a, a reason I think that that resonates more the older you get because when you're younger... You think you have so well, much time. You do have more time. Also, you don't have any money. Yeah. You have nothing. I, I mean, still have no money and I'm that. old. Yeah. <laughs> but you have a base. You know, like yeah. you have a house it's and you have a car. It's not as desperate. You're, like, you're not... You're not Trying when, to build... When you're young, you have nothing. Yeah. All you have is energy. Right. And yeah. energy's cheap when you're young. Yeah, that's true. Well, and harder I to think, come by when you're 40. And adding kids into the mix, a thousand percent, your time is always measured against what you're losing with the kids, in my mind. Right. Because I was like, on the road, taking every job... Every ambition, every whim I would follow because that was what I love to do. That's what bring, bring me joy. That's what well, brought me joy. Look at the first year we were married. I don't know if we even saw each other. No, it was like that like was once also a, week, a realization. Maybe, you know, like we didn't. When we were 23 and our priority was to just do the thing, to make the money, to step, you know, to get on our feet, to get a base. But then we quickly realized like that wasn't worth it. 
and we were still That took us a year. It took us a year. But it is, we were just, yeah, talking about that a little bit even this evening when we were cooking supper. Like, you also learn that money doesn't bring you all of the things that you need. And, boy, you learn some of those lessons. I don't know. I'll let you know when I have enough money that I can decide if money doesn't bring all the things. Well... It's never going to happen for me. No, that's true. I've already chosen. It's (laughs) never going to happen for me. (laughs) Unless I have some long-lost royal relatives out there. That's what I used to tell my mom and dad all the time when I was young. My actual parents were royalty, and they were looking for me, and they were going to come and find me. Hmm. Did you truly believe that? (laughs) I mean, I wished for it. (laughs) I hoped for it. you got to know my parents. (laughs) Oh, man. Well, yeah, we're definitely, like, Chad and I have birthdays within, like, a week or so of each other. He's more um, geriatric than me. 40. I just turned 39. I'm only 50 weeks older. 50. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Doesn't sound so much when you say 50 weeks. That's true, yeah. When you measure it in terms of the way new moms measure their babies' (laughs) age. (laughs) But so, I, of course, I had to this week reflect on that in my column. And I wasn't going to do it. I remember turning like 30 and writing down 30 things I learned by the time I hit 30. I don't remember any of what those By the are. time you hit 40, you forgot all the other <laughs> things. I was just going to say forgot all. Except for I was talking to someone. So this is what's changed in me, I think, um, probably the most is like, I think you figure out who you are more the older you get and sort of let go. I was always someone who thought, would get mad when you would hear people say, you can't have it all. Like, you can't do all the things. You can't have all the things you want. You can't be a singer and a mom and a rancher and a, like all the things I lined up in my mind that I wanted to be at some point when I was young was like, everything's attainable. I just have to say I'm going to do it and I'll do it. And then I hit this age in the last five or so years. It's like, I don't really want all those things, especially don't want them all at once. Like, well, you want them all in the timing, proper dose. Yeah. Like the time you don't want to give up any of the things that you're doing because of the things that you do. You just don't want to do all of them full time. Right. And it's not really like realistic. So maybe that's more of that. It's like you kind of got to come down to earth and that's an okay spot to be too. Um, I don't know if I'm articulating that, but also because someone asked me today in my mom's store as I was walking out, this woman that I talked to and I wind up having like really deep conversations with her only in passing, (laughs) like shopping. Sounds like like you. I know. I told her, I'm like my husband would be like, oh my God, Jesse. Because she was like, look at us philosophizing in the middle of the store in the middle of the day. And I'm like, well, that's just... On a Monday. Yeah, on a Monday afternoon. And she asked me, because she had switched jobs and she was really, you know, in a position where she could have stayed and she knew what she was doing and people knew to go to her and she did a good job and she could see her future mapped out and it was comfortable. And then... Something was telling her, like, well, I'm not moving up. I'm not 
this is just going to be the way it's going to be for my career. Then am I cool with that? And it turns out she like wasn't cool with that. That wasn't really what she wanted. So the idea that she would be letting go of something and just kind of blindly going into the next step is, which is what she did. She quit her job without another uh, plan. And, um, and then it kind of came together for her, but she was, she asked me, when do you, when did you decide you don't give a shit what people think of you? And I was like, well, I don't know if that ever goes away. Like I think, especially as Midwesterners, (laughs) you kind of care, but I've said this before and in the work that I do, I do care. I care how I affect people. I care that I make a room a better place to be in. So I don't let go of that. But what I've found is I know what I want to think of me. Well, I think you choose what you care that other people care about. You know, when you're younger, right. well, that's a you point. think that, <clears throat> like, you care what everyone thinks about everything. Your hair and your outfit. And then the older you get, it's <clears throat> not like you don't, because I, I don't, I'm trying to think. I was going to say that. My dad's the only person I know that doesn't care about what people think, Mm -hmm. but he very much Mm -hmm. does. He just chooses what he cares about other people think. You know, like like he doesn't care that people like like if you told him sweatpants. Yeah, like if you told him like you know, like he cares about people thinking he's loyal and a hard worker, and you know, like just things that that he very much cares. You know, cares about. In those areas, but like he is just done with blue jeans. <laughs> He's never putting blue jeans on again. He said, I wore blue jeans for 60 years. I'm not doing it. Like, so there's like, that's your thing. Go for it. Well, and my, you know, my kind of, I think where, where I went with that is like, okay, I moved back home. I was pretty young. I never imagined myself being back in my hometown, carving a life out for myself when I was 27 years old. I just didn't see that. And so a little bit of you, we were told, and we've talked about this before, like I had in my mind, like if you go away, you're successful automatically. You leave your small town, you're successful. Hands down. She moved to Colorado, cool. She must be successful. She moved to Arizona, awesome. She got out of here. So the idea, even though I knew it wasn't right, that we moved back home, I had that over my head, like, what are people going to think that I moved back home when I was 27? What, am I a loser now? Like, is that, that's what I kind of was raised thinking. And that took me a little bit of time, not really, because we made the choice. And then once I made the choice that that's where we're going to be, I was fine with it. But you, I also felt like I had to prove something like, no, look, I came, I brought with me all this experience. Or I brought with me this perspective and I'm going to really, you know, dig in. But what it shifted for me is when I got into my hometown and I, something happened. I think I saw like how much it was exploding, how much it was changing, how much it needed people to dig in and like do something to help push it in the right direction. And I was like, oh, being in a community is not about what it can do for you at all that's not what this is. It's about what you can do for the community. And once I switched that over, it didn't matter where I was going to wind up. The work that I was doing was not about me, but for the greater good. And then that changed it. Like, obviously you have personal goals that you want to achieve. And I struggle with that back and forth. Like, am I doing the thing I thought I was going to be doing when I was a 23 year old 
woman. Now I'm 39. Am I doing it? And I didn't think I would be still searching and thinking and moving and growing and changing and shifting as much as I am. But I think that's great. That's better. It's better to be that way. Well, it's different. You know, people, we just did it to our kids today. Like, what do you want to be when you grow up? As if they know sometime you're going to magically hit this grow up (laughs) stage and then you're going to be, you know, I think even our parents' generation, Yeah. they did that. Like, they, my dad worked at the same company for 35 mm-hmm. years or whatever, like you just... That longevity was And he something. maybe didn't start mm-hmm. out thinking he was going to do that, mm-hmm. but that's just what you do. Like, you go and that's and not what happens anymore. Like, I to... still have no idea what I'm going to do. And I wake up every day, like, am I doing the right thing? Or should I do mm-hmm. something else? Or I could do this, or I could do that. I'm like, I like what I'm doing. But isn't that but do also I have to do, the you know? dream a little bit? I've never really thought about this this way before, but it's a actually... A gift to be able to have those thoughts that you could change your life. And we've all, always said that on our long road trips are always a time when if something wasn't working, we would figure out what that was and then change it if we needed to. And always walking around knowing that you're not stuck somewhere is a gift. Oh, it's very much a first world problem. Yeah. Like, that we could switch. We have the education. We have like Maybe the fallback, we have the family support that I could say, well, today I decided to quit my job. And there is an economy that in this community that would support that. The same way that happened with this woman who's a great worker. People know who she is. She's well-connected. She quit one job and got like six job offers the next day. Like, yes, you set that up for yourself in the way that you present yourself to the world. But also we're in a, a... place in the world and a but place in here and now yeah. it's the opportunity so yeah. you know you could try that somewhere else in the same you know right. in north dakota and Might not. you could have all the same circumstances as far as like you you know your wants and goals and your reputation and your you know same talents mm-hmm. but the market's not there right so it just won't work right, right. you know for example like me doing my building stuff I, it wouldn't work somewhere else just because there's not work. Like the only reason it works for me here is because there's such a demand Mm -hmm. of the talent and the skill and the knowledge and all that stuff. But I could have that in. Yeah. Just in a smaller community. You know, somewhere that's not having the economic growth. and. Well, North Dakota in general, for those of you who are not in North Dakota, is the entire state is in in some way, shape, or form a growth period because people are moving in. It's easy to do, easier to do business here. There's just a lot of reasons that it's happening. Well, and, you, and this the jobs work, are here. working remotely has mm-hmm. changed the world, yeah. the country for yeah, sure. Isolated. But like you can, you know, you can, I think a lot of people found that out through the pandemic as well. Like you can do your exact same job with your exact same effectiveness but you don't have to drive to an office mm-hmm. and sit in a cubicle and do the, like you can do what you're doing from your house and you can yeah. save all that time and you can be remote and you can live in a smaller community and still yeah. work for a giant corporation right. or whatever, you know, that yeah. don't have to be a corporation, but you can do a thing or with, you know, the mail system and all that, you can start a business in your garage right. anywhere in the country and, make it work you know like you could you have that opportunity to make something out of nothing well and I that's funny so this week at week end week 
<laughs> whatever, what is it, Monday? On Saturday, I went to Lemon, South Dakota to do kind of an artist in residence opportunity there. So Lemon, South Dakota is way southwest, like basically straight down from us, right? <laughs> More or less. About three hours. It's like geography so, lesson. Yeah. North Dakota, South Dakota border. It's south of us, but directly south of us. So it's west. But um, yeah, shut up. <laughs> lemon is right on it's the border. South by southwest. <laughs> it's like lemon. Lemon is on the North Dakota, South Dakota border, basically. And it is a town of less than 1,200 people. So it's Watford City 15 years ago. But in then the population but so you we went there dad and I arrived early and they have a really cool thing that happened in Lemon so my cousins live there my um, aunt Carrie who's my dad's sister has a ranch there right on the North Dakota side with her husband Chuck and they're great uh, great cattle ranchers and really great community members and my uncle Chuck met us of course and he was a county commissioner vet tech like very involved in the community grew up there so walking around Lemon with Chuck is like walking around with the president of the world <laughs> he knows everybody he knows the history of have everything have you ever been to a rodeo with Chuck? yeah that's same thing he's like the famous in the way that a midwesterner who shows up on time and gets work done and is involved in a, in that quiet, kind, I don't know. Like he's just a good guy. That's how you explain it. And so it was fun to be in his world, but it was also fun to be in, um, in like, I have memories attached to that community from when I was a little kid visiting there with my cousins and being involved in the rodeo and being involved in the um, 4-H world there and watching my cousins be like in high school, being in the drama department, being in, um, involved in these programs that had this cool odyssey of the mind program. I remember where it really cultivated and fostered kids creativity in the school. And when you go into these sleepy towns as an outsider, I knew enough history to know that what lemon looked like on main street was not what lemon is, right? Like it's the people. And so when you're looking at it, it's like, ooh, that, that building's vacant, that building's vacant. Ooh, it's really quiet here this morning on Saturday. Boy, I wonder how they're doing. Well, then they have an artist who grew up there who became world-renowned for his um, bronze sculptures, and then he does um, metal work with found objects, and it's just gorgeous. John Lopez in Lemon, he has a Kokomo Inn, and he came back to his hometown, and he bought up one building on Main Street, had been vacant for 10 years, totally like going to be bulldozed and made it into this beautiful art space. And then next door, he bought the other building and next door, he bought the other building and he created a like half a block of innovative, just beautiful space, outdoor space, indoor space. People are coming to Lemon to see that and they, and Lemon's off the beaten path completely. And then they have a lake and then they have, you know, went into the, that people from, Rapid City are coming to. And so they have like a little tourist attraction in that. And then I went into the library and met the librarian and saw the work that she was doing and the kids that were connected there. And then I went to the Chinese restaurant because they have a Chinese restaurant. And all of these people are eating lunch there. Chuck knows all of them. The story that 
was behind this woman who owns a Chinese restaurant was like, this is Americana right here. And this is the way they build communities. And what makes them tick and what makes them have a heartbeat is this woman, I don't know, she's owned this business forever. And Chuck says, oh, she always you buys, so there's an ice cream shop next door or was, and anytime kids came in, she'd go across the street or go next door and buy every kid in there an ice cream cone. And every new baby that's born in town, she gives a $100 bill to. And like she's just in tune and connected with the heartbeats in her community. And it's just a little gesture of kindness, but like what a character. And then I went to the nursing home and I saw the the old timers there sitting there, one guy with a cowboy hat on. I sang Red River Valley and a man in the back was crying. And it's like, oh yeah, that's community. That's like these stories that we share. And I don't really know where I was going <laughs> with this other than <laughs> I don't I don't either. I mean like, you're, you're making me want to move to Lemon. Well, I think what because dad and I were having that experience together as community builders. And I think that statement about, boy, how do you measure your success and we're coming on middle age, seeing all, meeting all these people in this little town. And I met a lot of them because I spent the whole day there. I did a concert at night then at their lake. So I met more people from different walks of life, but how they're taking their talent and their passion and making their little pocket of the world special special to them and special to other people making people feel like they matter that's what it's about and we're deep in now you know having our kids and coming to school we're going to be more involved in the school system in our community now and more involved in sports and activities and I'm watching my friends do it um but you don't really think about that when you're in your 20s just married, just fresh into like, okay, it's more like, well, who am I going to be? Let me stop there because from? some people start being parents in their 20s. Well, that's true. And they, they <laughs> have like a 10-year jump on us. Well, that's true. In that department. I think I said it in like, I met some women that were my age and they were just, you know, they put the work in to get me there and they're proud of where they go, where they, the community that they've built. And me as a person who's traveled all over the states especially but in the region I didn't know that when I was up being deciding well I'm going to try this music thing that the best part of the whole experience for me wasn't really about me being able to tell my story as much as it has been about me learning about other people's stories and seeing yes yes so popular (laughs) me learning about other people and their communities and their stories. And I think that's something that shifted for me uh, in my old age. (laughs) That and I say things like, she's full of beans. (laughs) I said that like three times today. My dad used to say, you're full of beans. And I've never said that until I've turned 39. Now I say it, I've said it five times. What do you say now that you're 40 (laughs) in five days? I don't, I don't. (laughs) I've said old man things my whole life. You've always wanted to be an old man. It's been my dream. I know. I know it has been, and I have had to tell you that you're not 40 yet for about a year, and when you were 38, I had to tell you that you weren't 39 yet for about a year. So you're always like one year ahead, so much so that in your 30s, and I will warn anyone who's not in their 30s yet, there are moments where you don't remember how old you are. 
and I have had to do the math Many. or ask you to do the math. Yeah. And I've had a birthday where I thought I was turning a different number. <laughs> and you had to tell me, no, you're not turning 36. You're turning 37. And that hurt. <laughs> that felt harsh. Because <laughs> 36 is not 37. And that's a good reason of why you need to get married so that Someone can remind and you. If you're how, not because by the time you're 80, if you're that far off, you know, if you're actually 80, but you're thinking, oh, I'm turning 73 this yeah, year. Yeah, that's a you big know? difference. Also, if you're not good at math, my my tip is to marry someone who is good at math. So when you're in a ish situation, where they used to tell us in the olden days to learn all algebra for some bullshit reason, because you won't have a calculator in your pocket. Well, can you even do algebra? With a calculator, but also I have a calculator in my pocket. You know, now. <laughs> you're talking about you're talking about Uncle Chuck. Have you ever seen him count cows? No. He well, is a human calculator. Well, he's worked in the sale barn. But it's actually amazing to watch. Like he's mm-hmm. like three, five, seven, twelve, thirteen, twenty-six. <laughs> like he just as the the whole herd is running through the gate. He's just like, he's bam, 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 and he's doing it in multiples. He's like, oh, you can't count them one at a time. I'm like, I can only count them one and at I'm a time. And I'm always like 20 cows off. I remember one time we were <laughs> gathering, and I did. This actually happened, and I'm and Chuck was probably with me. And then he's like, do we have them all? I counted. I'm like, no, we're 20 off. We're missing 20. 20? Yep. Nope. Yep. We're missing 20. So we went out looking for 20, and someone else recounted, and we were not missing 20. I, I was the one that counted. Jesus. Oh, <laughs> That's how I count. So I don't even try Your dad just about had a panic attack, and I was like, no, <laughs> no, I think we're missing three. In the meantime, I'm <laughs> up in, like, the weeds in the woods looking for these stray cows that, that are not missing. So, But Chuck's worked in sale barn forever. So yeah, I guess that's a skill you acquire. He's done it multiple times when he, cause he comes up here to help all the time and it's much appreciated cause he knows what's going on. Oh yeah. But, but he, I, yeah, he can like, he's calculator head and you're mm-hmm. just like, man, I feel dumb. But you're like that with construction crap. I'm like, okay, how many square feet is this? I have no idea. And then you're like, it's about 600 square feet. You do that with like, how much wood do you need? Well, have this and then you have this wall and then you multiply it times six and then you got five boards or whatever. I can't even <laughs> do it. I was in a, remember when I was in that architect, what was that class? I took a set design class for some stupid reason in college because I needed a theater oh, credit I don't, or something. Yeah, I don't remember what class And they it was, needed but... me to do a to scale set and I... It's not your strong suit. I, like, am paralyzed by that. But here's the other thing I told that woman. That's, no. I know now. I'm not good at things like that. And I'm okay with it. And I'm okay with being stupid at some stuff and finding the person that can help me with it. And I'm okay with knowing what I'm good at. And if I need help, I think I know how to ask for it. That's something. I used to be embarrassed about things I didn't know. Today, with your youngest daughter... Because we were going to pick out clothes for tomorrow. Oh. Because she just started preschool. Oh, she has so, the first so many day was today. So, tomorrow, and she is very. Oh, it can be a disaster in like the morning. There's if one the pair of shorts no. that she'll wear. Like, I don't know. I don't even know what it is, but she knows in her head what it what is. She wants to wear. 
I think I blacked out three times while she was looking at shirts. I finally just closed the drawer and said, go get your mom. I can't. When I was on the phone. I can't do so this. So she didn't I don't, pick anything out. Yeah, I've got a shirt. Well, and if she as doesn't as try it, it on. And then she wanted, kept wanting to do eeny, meeny, miny, moe. Well, the kid does eeny, meeny, miny, moe because she wants to say the words. <laughs> but she never picks which no. one eeny, meeny, miny, moe turns out to be the she choice. She eeny, meeny, miny, moe her three shirts yesterday. And I'm like, great. So that matches this. And then she's like... Yeah, but I don't really want to wear that shirt. <laughs> so, I don't know. We'll have to figure that out in the morning because okay. I completely... I look, I look forward to that. I completely just closed the drawer and gave up. And I'm not usually that way. I'm and usually then did you say very patient. Things. I just am like, no, I'm done. Yeah. Did you say something like, this is what you say on your, in your, when you're 39 and 40 to your kids? When I was your age, I had two pair of jeans. I had one pair of tennis shoes. I didn't have choices. That's what I say to them. Sometimes no, I don't. I, I, didn't, I didn't say that. <laughs> you don't know how lucky you are. I said, when I was your age... I said, go get your mother. <laughs> when I was your age, I had one channel to watch on TV, and I had to watch commercials. That's what I say. What are some things you say now that you're old, that your mom and dad used to say? Because I said so. Yeah. I say that a lot. To them, yeah. I also say, what did you just say to me? Well. In a tone. <laughs> that's a very much dad tone. So. Well, not necessarily a my dad tone. <laughs> he didn't really, he didn't give you that warning. <laughs> but, yeah, I just did it tonight, too. Jeez, we had a big night while you were on the phone. <laughs> I know, I'm sorry. Yeah, I had a call. Whatever. And then they, you, you got to hit the tone the right way. Mm. And it doesn't have to be loud, but it just has to be the right mm-hmm. way. Yeah. And then they both get, like, the biggest... Well, they're dinner, scared of you. Dinner but plate not size scared. eyes, and then they brush their teeth. Doesn't work every time. Sometimes <laughs> it works. Well, yeah. So I recently, one of the girls asked me if there were cars when I was a kid, <laughs> if they were invented yet in the olden days. Yeah. And I laughed because I have a specific memory, and I put this in the column of. Dad picking me up from daycare, and I was thinking about him as a kid, or maybe he was telling me a story, and I asked him, were there cars when you were a kid? And he laughed so hard, and I was so embarrassed. I didn't know why but it was But there so barely funny. was cars. <laughs> like, you weren't that far off the mark. There barely was cars. No, not. When were cars invented? Here's your history. You grew at math. Do you know history? When was the Model T Ford invented? I don't know, like in the... 30s? Teens. 20, yeah. Because, so like, mean, my grandma was born in the early 30s, 29, actually. I think she was born in 29, something like that. Okay. She went to school in a horse and wagon. Yeah. But our great-grandparents had that experience. No, my grandma. Your grandma. My dad's mom. Yeah. Rode a wagon, mm-hmm. and they used to heat up rocks and put them on the floorboard so they could put their yes. feet on the hot rocks. In rural in So rural that's only, America. like, you only missed your dad not having a car by, like, one generation. Like, you yeah, barely missed. Just... Like, it's not that you can't say that for us. I just was thinking as I'm talking, I bust out the no internet. Oh, right. And iPads, and we didn't have phones. They that's a big one. Is a, We didn't have phones. That there wasn't phones. And the phone had a wire that connected to the mm-hmm. wall. Well, and that's such a huge shift. And they don't even, they, 
they can't they just zone out they can't comprehend no, because like, that's what are all you they see about? their whole life is you know a lot of their life is technology based in that way but even like calling somebody the idea of facetime that they could just when you call somebody and you don't, can't see them we don't facetime with a lot of people but there's that option and it's like well i can't see him well no that used to not be an option that was like jets and stuff that we would watch on cartoons. We yeah, we them. went from like talking on the phone <sighs> to typing on the phone to yeah, face talking on the phone back to we are a generation typing on. I don't. I don't even know what the current cool thing to do is. Text. I like to talk to people. Well, that's I like I... text for a record. Like if I'm doing business, I like to do it over text because mm. then I have a memory record of okay, yeah. we did this thing on this day and this thing on this day. Like that. So that's really handy. I, when texting first started, I hated it. I thought it was, I'm like, why? We were just talking about that. Why would you do this? It's the dumbest thing ever. Well, we had to pay per text. And that's what I put in the column. We're, we're in an interesting generation of people within the 10-year, like, you know, from 35, I suppose, like Alex's age-ish to like 40-some. We are in a generation that grew up without internet or when internet was just invented and then saw this kind of change through our lifetime. So we have memory of like having a phone wired to the wall and having to call your boyfriend's house and talk to his dad before you got to talk to your boyfriend. I did that. I must have really liked you if I had to talk to your dad. Yeah. <laughs> well, like we dad. had, you know, we had a <laughs> rotary phone. Yes. That was not a retro. Like it just it was just one of our phones. On, like they weren't yeah. all rotary phones, but it was. Mm-hmm. And then. I think I was in high school, maybe. Some somewhere in that neighborhood, we got cordless. Right. Mm-hmm. That was a game changer because then you could go into a room and close the door. Close the door. And call waiting. Remember, and everyone got. Nah, call we never waiting. had call waiting. My, I, you guys had it. My and that was great, sister got. But in tr- we did. Oldest not. sister got in trouble once because she was on the phone with someone forever, and Dad was trying to call. It was like a semi-emergency, or he needed a ride or something, and he couldn't get through. And then that would have never happened. We would have never got call waiting except for that happened. <laughs> oh, my God. I would have come uncorked. Yeah, it wasn't a good, day. <laughs> a good day. I don't get mad often, but if I needed something and I couldn't get on the phone because a kid was mm-hmm. oh talking on the phone. Do you remember some of our friends would have, like, teen lines? Yeah. Like, they would we get never, a second line. Some people, we never. The rich kids. <laughs> we never got that far. Well, and we also took photos with an actual camera and had to go to get it developed at like Walmart or yeah, like that's one never embarrassing. Hour, <laughs> one hour photo was like the highest of the tech. But I did say like this generation might be the last generation ours that actually like will pick up the phone to call somebody. Like I don't love it. I'm not, I'm not good on the phone. For as much as I like to talk, I don't like talking on the phone. But, like, I will try to, if it's important to get it worked out, I'm picking up the phone. I'm not texting back and forth. Like, that's I have, like, now. a three-text limit. Yeah. Like, I'll text you, text back. I'll, give you, I'll have... give you one more. The third one, I'm calling you. Like, I'm not, I'm not having conversations on text. I'm having, People will have like, the way your dad and I do. It's like, found this, got that, did this, yeah. cows are here. Right. That's great. That's, that's my good. That's my level of texting or hey, give me a call when you have a chance. That's my other text. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's 
the difference. Like now people have full-blown relationships just via text messages when we ever talk on the phone. We used to talk on the phone for like three hours when we were dating, just talking. Yeah, I know, but you're just completely dating yourself by talking about even <laughs> texting. People DM, they don't text anymore. Well, what's DM? That's not texting. It's not DM texting. Is, do you know what DME is? Direct, Direct message. message. That's not texting. What's the difference? Ask a you teenager don't is know. not the same no, thing. No, DM is like, DM like my inbox of because Instagram. They don't, because they can DM you without actually having your phone number. Yes, that means on your social media. Which is not texting. Okay, but you didn't know that, but I did. Because I'm 39 and you're 40. You said DM me, but you didn't didn't know what it it actually meant. I DM all the time. You don't DM anybody. I have never DM'd in my life. Well, you've DM'd me a funny meme on Instagram. That's that's direct messaging into inbox on your social media. You know I'm the tech tech support for McKenzie County, remember? When they called me about that. (laughs) I, I laughed for an hour for that. Well, that's... It's the truth. Oh, wow. Kind of. How's the weather up on your high horse up there? You know what else happens when you're 39? So we have this microphone between me and you, and I have to turn my head like this, and my neck is killing me. Yeah, but you're 39 going on 79. Oh, my gosh. I spend a lot of money on physical therapy and massage therapy and I know. I gave you so many massages. I have arthritis. No. Now. (laughs) We both have. But I don't think it's true. But we both have arthritis. I have a wrist that I broke as a teen that I can tell if the weather's changing in it. <laughs> oh, you're acting like I'm the 40, but you're, you turned 47 years ago. And remember, I had that little bit of water on my knee. Had? Isn't it still look like a balloon? Well, it's less so. But apparently that happens when you hit 39. Like, what is that called that has a term? You have to get it drained. My physical therapist told me what it is. And Alex said she could tell that I had a puffy knee out up from underneath my jeans. So why don't you go to the doctor? Well, it doesn't hurt. But it could. We'll see. When something <laughs> on your car doesn't work like it's supposed to, you take your car to my, the mechanic. When something on your body doesn't work like it's supposed to, you take it to the doctor. It's working. It's just puffy. It's just extra. Yeah, it just has a little fluid pocket on the kneecap. It's weird. <laughs> So that's how it's going. <laughs> but remember when I turned 30 and you turned 30 before me and I was feeling good. And then you're like, ooh, once you hit 30, I bent, you bent over and something pulled in your back. And you're like, it happened right at 30. Literally the day I turned 30, I bent over under the sink and I've never pulled anything in my back before. I didn't even know back had, backs had issues. My back had an issue. Yeah, 30. it's real. Mm. So I I'm can't even get, imagine what's going to happen. Next week. When you turn 40, you're going hunting for a week with two horses in Montana and your college roommate. I'm worried about what's going to happen (laughs) to. I had to call him because it's, so it's Lee, so my old roommate, and then his two brother-in-laws. And they're Susie homemakers. And they're all, yeah, they're all similar in that way. So they're like, they're planners and they're like, and they're really good kind of things. I know one day we're going to have 
Nephilim sauerkraut. It's going to yeah. be so good. Like, it's not your normal, like, guy hunting trip where literally you eat no, hormel it's not, chili. It's not that yeah. at all. It's going to be, like, it'll be steaks one night. It'll be egg bakes in the morning. Yeah. And I think they're pre-making a whole bunch of burritos. Cookies like, breakfast burritos. That their wives made. I'm, I'll send you some of that salsa <laughs> I made yesterday. <laughs> Uh, it's kind of a show your skills off thing, so. Well, that's a skill. I made some spicy salsa. Turns out if you add jalapenos from the garden to a salsa situation, that gets hot. <laughs> 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 that was six pounds of tomatoes. That's how many we cut. Yeah. Six it was pounds a bunch. of tomatoes. It wasn't even a dent in the crop. No, we have so many. Um. So, which is but fantastic. But that's another thing about like when you turn 40, then you sit around the kitchen table and talk about <laughs> your garden yield. I know mine's good this year though. But, and then I guess that's what I'll be doing this weekend is canning tomatoes and I'm fine with it. That's what, that's all I want. That's all I want to do. <laughs> You're going to dig out the big pot? Maybe. What else do I have to say about this? You guys gave me some really cute clothes for my birthday. My mom has a shop uh, in town. Oh, yeah. And I tell the Chad sp- brings the girls to go shopping for me, which is cute. Yeah, so I picked up the girls from school and took them to Beth's store so we could go shopping because they like to pick out the stuff. And they're very fashion. They know. Like they have their yeah, their guess. idea of what the fashion is supposed to look like. It doesn't. <laughs> doesn't always match everyone else's <laughs> idea, but mostly it does. They're pretty, like, they have older cousins, and they're, yeah, they're on up point. on things. I'm getting to the age where I'm thinking why really? all men don't wear cargo pants every day. See, I tur- don't understand why that's not. You're turning into your father, you just said. No, I don't he's, do it. He's I'm given up on jeans. <laughs> so slowly you're going to just, just be wearing fleece sweatpants. <laughs> I'm saying if you haven't gave cargo pants a try you should probably go for it. <laughs> <clears throat> and so. shorts that have the legs can zip onto pants or zip off to How shorts. How many times have you converted your pants just like midlife from to shorts when in that situation? Well, it depends on if I'm on vacation or if I'm at home. <laughs> have you been midlife and been thought like my bottom of my legs are kind of hot? <laughs> yeah, need a breeze. And then you just zip them off. And then you just wear them around. Put them in the cargo pockets. <laughs> you put the bottoms in the cargo pockets. Oh, my God. <laughs> but back to our shopping story. So we're picking out stuff, and Rosie really wanted to get you earrings. Oh, I love those earrings. So she was doing the earring shopping, and then your mom had some ideas of things that you liked, and she took us over to this denim shirt that I thought was kind of a retro. I have, by the way, my staple signature look. Is a version of a denim shirt. So yeah, well, it's good. It was a cool kind of a retro with the, you know, the stitching, yeah, visible dark. stitching and stuff. And it was, I thought it was kind of cool. I showed it to Evie, and she just kind of was like, mm, you know, was "Let's keep looking." She, she didn't really say no, like not a hard no. She gave it like the, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then then she found a dress and she really liked it. And she was excited about the dress. That so, kind of patch. And we picked out the dress. And it's kind of a sun. She wants like a summer dress, kind of. of a, yeah, she wants one now. So then I went back and I was looking at that shirt because I knew I'm like, well, this is 100 percent a Jesse shirt. And I'm like, I should probably just get this shirt too. And I was looking at it, and Edie walks up to me and kind of quietly like, Dad, I don't, I don't like that shirt. 
So it was like, no. Okay, we're not doing that. So we didn't do that. We just got the some earrings and some Cute. dress or whatever. And then just today, Jesse said, um, so I went to mom's store and I got that denim shirt. So cute. <laughs> but I love the dress. I didn't think I was going to. I've tried it on, and I really liked it. So you guys did You good. didn't think you were going to? Well, I thought I'm too old to wear that kind of stuff. A peasant dress? Well, it has, like, it's kind it's of like you trendy. have to be old enough to wear it. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like 90% of your other dresses. <laughs> well, it's cute. You guys did good. Cute stuff. And they're adorable about birthdays. So we... But I was working. That's what you do when you turn 39. And then Rosie asked me yesterday, Dad, what do you want for your birthday? Oh, and you tell him socks. And I say socks. Because every year I legitimately do want new socks because it's pretty much the only time I get new socks because I don't buy myself socks. And I don't ever get socks for my birthday. Ever. You're picky about your socks. Remember I bought you socks and you were like, and they were cool and they were like recommended and they were tall. I do like them now. And then you were like... "Mm." They're not quite tall enough. Well, what apparently when you get old, you wear knee-high socks now. Is that the thing that you're wearing? I live in the north. (laughs) It's like another layer. They're good for boots. It is. It's one of those things that happens. You get really picky about your socks, and I'm really picky about my underwear. (laughs) Should I say that? They have to be comfortable. (laughs) I think you should go on and describe what size and shape these underwears are. So my sister, Alex, and I, um, maybe Lindsay, but we told mom for Christmas we needed underwear. And then... Well, she gets you guys that every year. I know. But then she's like, since she must have asked, like, well, do you wear this stuff I get you? And she kind of sometimes... This, I don't know if this is oversharing, but Probably. here we are. But, like, my mom is the mom that says you should wear matching bra and underwear. This is, like, something that you should do. I'm a little more, hey, <laughs> today I came downstairs with my shorts inside out. <laughs> yeah, that, that happened. That's a fact. I'm not paying <laughs> I, I don't even know. I've never in my life put my shorts on inside out. The tag, and I thought they felt weird, but like whatever. You look like a cottontail walking around <laughs> the big white tag flapping behind you. Well, also, that's up. a terrible spot for a tag. Yeah, well, thank you for ripping it off because it was exposed. But anyway, so, you know, in my younger days, maybe I would think, oh, these are cute underwear. But now I'm like, are they going to give me a wedgie? Because I can't. I can't walk around with a wedgie for the sake of cute underwear. Sorry, just for now, that's where I'm at. Mom's appalled by that. Absolutely appalled. So Alex and I were trying to describe the underwear that we like. Oh my <laughs> like God. it needs to be soft. Did it you needs tell her to like, be covered. It's a pair of shorts. <laughs> she got us underwear based on our description and also out of defiance to show us what prudes we've turned into. I like I could wear them as a tent. Like I could sleep in them. <laughs> Huge. She got three pairs for us. Well, here's the thing. Here's the answer to this. I have space in my life for certain things. I'm focused. You're done with blue jeans. (laughs) Now I just need elastic waists. But I just don't have the energy to think about my underwear. Who the hell put a wire in a bra? It's kind of like what's Mark Zuckerberg. He is so busy. He Mm -mm. Just listen. Listen. This is what I'm saying. It's not Mark Zuckerberg. (laughs) 
Yeah. He's the Facebook guy. I know. Listen, I know what I'm talking about. You're talking about Steve Jobs. No, I'm not talking about Steve Jobs. Where's the same Mar- shirt? Mark does too. No. Yes. It's a hoodie. No, he just does that. I'm going to Google it. Because if it was a Steve Jobs and it's also Mark Zuckerberg, he wears the same like shirt every day so he doesn't have to think about that. That decision's made. I might go there. I just wear a black shirt and jeans every day. Put a denim shirt over it in case it gets chilly. Take the denim shirt off. Switch up the earrings. There's my outfit. Same underwear I buy. The same ones. Don't have to think about it. I might be where I'm at. I don't think you have enough on your plate (laughs) that you need to be only wearing one outfit. Imagine all that I could accomplish if I didn't have to think about what I was going to wear. What else? So you were going to ask me about forty, and you're talking all about the hardships of (laughs) thirty-nine. Well, what is your lesson that if you could tell 24-year-old you? There's no point in talking to 24-year-old you. <laughs> That's true. It's just noise in the air. Yeah. <laughs> like, but if you, if you knew you would listen, what would you say? You're gonna, your beard's going to grow in? <laughs> yeah, eventually, you will get a beard. And it will connect to your eyebrows. <laughs> it won't happen right when you turn 30, but it will happen in your 30s. <laughs> and then once it comes in, you're never shaving it off. That's going to be your look, your forever look. As my brother said, you can finally grow a beard, and it came in gray. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you had a strong mustache game there for a while, per mustache. Yeah. Well, I don't know what I would say to my 24-year-old me except for... Well, because, like, my only advice for me, I mean, silly things for sure, but, like, life-wise, I have nothing I could say because I was on such a... Maybe that would be it. Like, I was on such a different path. Yeah. Without knowing where you were going to end up, mm-hmm. there's no way I could I could say, you know, like, I want to say, oh, yeah, like, quit messing around at school with whatever, like get your ranch management or get a egg business or mm-hmm. do something. But I didn't think that this was a possibility of reality. So maybe my advice would be like, don't think you know where you're going. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and even now today as a 40 year old, I don't know. I know enough to know that I don't know where I'm going to be when I'm 60 mm-hmm. or yeah, I think whatever. Like I just keep the doors open, you... be nice to people. and Yeah. That's a good Work Good. hard and because mm-hmm. it never too hard. doesn't pay to be nice to people. Like that's always the right choice. And to like go at things with love and understanding and compassion that gets you. I learned that lesson in the workforce. Like going through seeing how some people treated people that they needed things from, and it was like I learned that lesson to treat people like humans. You know, well, like they have it takes a, a lot of energy to be mad mm-hmm. I don't have that yeah. kind of like well I don't have that kind of care you know and you just we've seen some things with you know my dad getting being so sick and me being so sick that I you know I joke about oh I'm getting old but boy does it feel like a blessing that I'm even here and I don't want to sound dramatic but like I had a tough last year I felt so bad I was in pain every day for two years and I didn't know how I was going to get through it. And I couldn't figure out a path to get to the other side of it. And it was a desperate feeling. And I powered through for the kids. And because that's what you do, and you, 
getting getting up in the morning it's, and that's what you can do. There's, there's no you other choice. There's no other choice. But I was miserable in it, and it really clouded a lot of my joy. And but I know there's a lot of people out there dealing with things, whether it's physical pain or you're sick or you are changing careers or someone in your or life is sick. I mean, there's so much of it. But I dedicated energy to just pushing through, not not gritting and bearing it necessarily, but trying to help myself. And I would have never dedicated so much to my own physical well-being as I have this last couple years after my cancer and my surgery. And I thought, oh, once I get the cancer and the tumor out, I'll be feeling better. And I wasn't. And that was so desperate. You were so much worse. I was so much worse. I had so much more pain in my head and my neck and nerve pain. And it was like the worse it got, the worse it got. And then the more desperate you are and the more isolated you become, because all you can think about is the thing that's wrong with you because it hurts. But I was just so determined that my life wasn't like this before. And it's not going to be like this forever. I just have to find the path there. And so I guess I would say I spent a lot of my life just putting like my work before my health. And I, because I'm a musician and I have a weird job, I have a weird gig that I've worked for myself for 15 years. So you are an entrepreneur. You do. You sacrifice a lot of your, like, I don't know, just saying yes to everything, going hard, going driving, driving yourself, whatever. And now I've had to like step back and be like, no, I actually can't do that thing because I need to take space to like recover and recuperate and do, do you're talking about this. Like you're enlightened in this, one, <laughs> but you don't do well with, I mean, you are I'm doing trying. way better what I'm saying with self care, but yeah. You still go. It's like, very hard to break the habit. Like a wild animal all the time. But I also know that's me and that's what keeps me being me. I thought if I couldn't do the things I want to do, if I couldn't stay like a bird dog on the projects or the vision or the passion, then who am I? So I got to get, you have to have that. There's no balance in my life. I'm not going to claim that there is. But I have spent a lot more time prioritizing my health than I ever, ever have. And if I could say that, to myself at 20 something, I would say like, you need to start prioritizing it right now. Yeah, I do it know. while you can. I don't yeah. know. I would, I would tell myself to get more tattoos because it's going to be <laughs> weird getting tattoos in your forties. I don't think so. Get tattoos in your twenties. It's like, eh. It's not weird getting So tattoos. I have a, what, what'd you say? Seven days? Mm-hmm. Asking me to get a mullet? <laughs> Are you, well, is girls, this what you're saying to me? The girls did say that's what the cool boys hairstyle is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you been to a high school lately that is rocking mullets like it's 1993 I out know. there? And that's the thing that I'm saying is when the marching band starts playing oh, yeah. the when, songs of your youth, you know that you are vintage. That is happening. Well, when we were school shopping for the girls and you walk through the stores. It was like school shopping for me yes. when I was a kid. Yep. 
Yep. All the same, the exact same stuff Mm -hmm. is there, just slightly different, but Mm -hmm. it's the same thing. Only it costs, I don't know, on average, a hundred dollars more per everything. Yeah. And like the bands that we listen to are now like cool vintage t-shirts. Like our niece rocks out to like, old 90s, mm-hmm. like early 90s hip hop. That's like, like oldies. Before, before it got to like gangster rap, but it yeah. was like the... When, but she likes it. Yeah, the fun that's rap. like cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, that's what they have in the locker room. So that's where we're at. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. It's fine. I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to be in this year feeling a lot better and a lot more like myself. And so if you haven't tried it, make sure if you don't feel good, go to your physical therapist. <laughs> I will tell you that PT has helped my world so much more than any medicine and massage therapy and rest, just recovering from that surgery for, it's going to be like going on a third year. It's taken that long. So having patience with yourself is something that I'm trying to learn in my late thirties. Cause you know how mad I get when I don't feel good. And sometimes you just, your body tells you that you need to chill out and you have to listen to it. That's what I've learned in my late thirties. I don't know. I, mine says a different, the opposite thing. What's your body say? Well, it's not so much my body. It's I've perfectly worked myself into a situation in which I will do manual labor <laughs> for the rest of my life. So but, it doesn't matter what my body says. Like you just keep, but also keep going. that's okay. Because it's keeping you fit. I think that's all right. I'm okay with it. Like using your body, it's that's what it's meant for. I love my job. Yeah. I don't love it every minute of every day, but yeah, you know, and when you're, you're not gonna. when you're in the third hole of digging a four foot hole, it's not super fun. But well, cheers, cheers to middle age. I am happy to say my generation did learn how to navigate using Wait. an actual map. So. Did you just admit to middle age? Because I've been calling you middle age. I'm not for a couple of years. No, I wasn't middle aged before I turned thirty nine. Now I am. I'm on the hill. I think the hill moved. Well, am I going to live to hundred? Probably not. Eighty? Probably not. <laughs> I don't have longevity in my genes, but I'll take yeah, it. I don't know. Forty? Because I, I'm. Well, that's a thing that I've realized in like you know. 30s, 40s, like whatever. I'm now to the age that I remember my parents being. Oh, yeah. So, like, I remember going to my uncle's 40th birthday, mm-hmm. you know, and I remember my oh. grandma turning 65. Well, now my parents have passed 65, and I know I remember I'm my 40 40th or birthday. almost 40. Like, you know, mm-hmm. there's a time where you don't really know how old your parents are, and then there's yeah. a time where it's like, click, oh, they're that old. I remember when my mom turned 40 and she was supposed to get bifocals, and so she <laughs> he never had glasses before, and she went to the eye doctor. I remember when the bifocals. She bifocal. got bifocals. She was pissed. She couldn't make them, like, it, they're hard to wear. She never wore glasses before. She put those things in the drawer, and drawer never, never, never. <laughs> she still doesn't. <laughs> she do- no, that's what I said. She's never worn them. She was mad. She had to have them. Didn't like them. Put them in a drawer. Never went back to the eye doctor. No. (laughs) Guy didn't know what he was talking about. (laughs) Yeah, I could see just fine. (laughs) Swatch out, everybody, when I'm driving. If you ever happen to see her texting, 
She gets like three three letters per line. It's the it's the largest font size I've ever seen on a phone. This is my future. <laughs> it works. Well, I love works. it. I'm happy to be here and I'm happy to turn another year and I'm happy that you're turning another year. And I can't believe because we were just sixteen yesterday, feels like. On one hand it feels like that. On the other hand, I only have vague memories of high school like as it should be (laughs) have there been times recently or like in adulthood where you've found yourself in a situation and you're like uh am i the adult like how to explain it where you're like oh i'm supposed to know the answer the solution or the advice or the thing but i need to like call an adult and then you're like but i am the adult in this situation no that doesn't happen that (laughs) that has never happened to me You felt like you're like capable. even when I was twenty. Mm. Yeah, you've always been kind of a unless capable. it's electrical, then I call. <laughs> I've been for some in... reason like that is one thing that just will not stick in my head. Electrical, uh, parts of it, because I, I, I did it professionally for a little while, so some of it mm. definitely retains. But like overarching. Yeah, but no, like life just, moments like, nah. with our kids where you're like, I don't know how to or this I need to call somebody because <laughs> I'm kind of in it right now with Edie I think what I said that you mean like that. where you don't know well, it's just like, how to I answer know, you don't know what the answer no, is no it's like am I giving so someone's asking me for like some life advice or I could have an impact here with these kids or uh, I think even Tenley was one of them and she called me and we we're talking and she's going through something and it's like okay I need to kind of help her through this I'm the adult like She's, oh, she's calling the adult, and then you're yeah. like, just like, it's like, just a second, I have to go check something, put her on hold and call your dad, and like, okay, I so know, what do I do? moments where it's like, I need to just, what would my dad say, or like, what would my mom say about this, and my, you know, it's not like something that's in my mind, really, but when you think on it, it's like, oh my gosh, I'm the person that she's asking, like, I need to. But the older you get, that's, I guess that's the thing you notice, like, the older you get, the more you realize, and you get to know your parents, you yeah. know, if you're lucky, you get to know your parents as adults, while mm-hmm. you're an adult. They just made it up, so yeah. just make it up. I mean, well, I'm not we trying have to, to like... fight with Google. I know, I'm not trying to answer, like, no, questions I'm not saying, about... No, I'm not saying, like, the answer, the correct answer, like, life advice. They just go off of what Life advice. Yeah. The last person they talk to, you know, their well, parents or grandparents. Experience. And that's the thing. It's, it's experience, but. too. But I don't know. It's just like a, a realization. Like, oh, yeah, I suppose. We're not just like two teenagers talking here. It's like I'm your old, wise aunt. <laughs> but, well, I mean, my old, wise person advice, I think, is never going to go wrong. You just be honest. Yeah. Say, you know, be honest, be kind. And like I, like I just said an hour ago, there are no take backs on words that you say. So don't ever yeah. say anything that you might someday wish you'd take back. Yeah. Normally that's a thing that's like mean or said in the spur of a moment thing. But yeah, do that. I think you're good. I mean, I don't know how you could be better than that, I guess. Yeah, and then there's some boundaries I've learned later on in my life with people where it's like, I can't change this person, but I can love them anyway, and I can change how I respond and react to them. That's been a big lesson of mine, too. Like, I can't let their behavior ruin my life. What you were just saying earlier when we were discussing stuff is like, well, this 
is out of my control. Mm-hmm. This is how, like, what's in my control is how I can respond to it, but what's happening out of my control. That's a and hard being one able, to learn. Being able to separate, and I don't know if you ever fully master it. Maybe some people do, but I think that would be something that definitely you get better with the yeah. older you get is out of my control, in my control. But it's the person thing because there was a lot of my life where I was, especially like in my 20s and early 30s where you have a relationship and you think if I could just get through to them, they would change this Right, and this but and that's this. what I'm saying. That's out of your control. Yes, but it's hard to realize that like, and how that it's like you can still love that person without changing them. You just have to change the way that you interact with them, the way that you react to them, the way that your relationship is with them and how you're going to handle them because otherwise they'll wind up either becoming this toxic part of your life or like you can decide how to relate to the people in your life too. And the boundary thing when you're a people pleaser like me is a hard one. So I think that's also hard when you are in your, you know, growing up and to adulthood. So that one I've I haven't mastered, but it's good to remind people that they can set boundaries and expectations like you're in charge of that in your relationships too. And that's kind of powerful. But, okay. Well, I'm going to leave the listeners with... I feel like you're dropping a lot of knowledge here. Yeah, I've been... I want to replay this in 10 years. <laughs> see if it's the same. Well, we'll see if Rosie is what she said she was going to be when she grows up. Because today was her first day of preschool. She did first say that she wanted to be a butterfly. <laughs> She went to preschool. She gets to be with Ada, her cousin, best friend. Loves preschool. What do you want to be when you grow up? A butterfly. Oh, but this was all done when I saw my little sister's like adorable post on Facebook about her daughter Ada and what she wants to be when she grows up and what's her favorite color and what's her favorite animal and all the cute questions. And I was like, oh crap, I should ask Rosie quick. So I went downstairs and like yelled at her while she was playing Barbies. Rosie, what do you want to be when you grow up? A butterfly. <laughs> she's really into finding her sense of humor, so she's <laughs> she's kind of got a good one. Well, she's a great one, but she like she tries. Yeah, test it out to be mm-hmm. like. Yeah. Sometimes it hits, and sometimes <laughs> it misses. And like, no, that, what do you want to be for a job? Hmm, a police officer. No, no, wait. I want to be the boss of the police officers, so I can tell them things like, "Hey, you, go save the world," and then she ran away. <laughs> So the boss of the police officers, we'll see in 10 years. If my wisdom, if I followed through on it. In, in 10 years, she'll be in middle school. So <laughs> I don't think she'll be the boss of the police officers. Oh, no. That goes back to your oh math. Oh, my God. I have a lot of parenting time left. How old am I going to be when she's a police officer? Like that's all the way through 60 college. 60-something? We're old parents. She's I'm four. so tired. So she'll have to be... 24. I know. That makes me 64. Four, three. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're 44 right now? What's... 20 years from now, you're not going to be 64. <laughs> oh, 58. Wait, shit. <laughs> I'm pretending I'm 40 plus 20 is 60. That's 60. Yeah. yeah. That's what I said. <laughs> <laughs> 
goodness. Bye. Love you. Bye. <laughs> Carry the tube. Give me a cheesecake. Carry someone that's good at math. That's my lesson. Yeah, the someone end. that can add 20. <laughs> bye. 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 Love you. Bye. <laughs> bye. Bye. Love you. Bye. By the time you hear this, I will have just turned 39. Here I am, hanging on at the top of the hill, teetering and a bit wobbly, inching toward the day I take a step over. Over the hill. That's how they define it. I'm at the age where the high school marching band is playing the music I listened to as a teenager. I'm at the age where I couldn't name one relevant pop star in a lineup. I'm at the age where I spend an excessive amount of my paycheck on multivitamins, probiotics, and physical therapy appointments, and I genuinely get excited about a vacuum cleaner. I'm at the age where I've started telling my kids they don't know how good they have it. I say things like, when I was a kid, we didn't have all these choices. When I was a kid, I had one pair of tennis shoes and that was it. When I was a kid, we listened to the AM radio station and looked out the window on road trips, which prompts one of my favorite questions, were there even cars when you were a kid? Ugh, I remember asking my dad the same thing. I pictured him driving around as a kid in a covered wagon, and I didn't understand why he laughed so hard at the question. I was five and he was 37, and he was from the olden days. And so I find myself there too, from the olden days, born and raised before high-speed internet and smartphones. When I wanted to talk to my boyfriend, I had to call his house and talk to his dad first. The horror. When I took a picture, we had to wait at least an hour to see the result, and that's only if you lived in a big town with a Walmart or something. I'm from the unique generation that grew up as high-tech grew up. We were in high school during the release of the first cell phones and in college when Facebook was invented. We remember traveler's checks and the movie theaters only taking cash. We paid per text message and wondered why it was even a thing. And we remember TGIF television where we had to gasp, be in front of the TV on time, and watch commercials. I could be wrong, but us almost 40-year-olds may be the last of the humankind that considers actually picking up a phone to ask a question, have a conversation, or make a weekend plan. We're vintage like that. Vintage like the relics of our childhood we recently found in a thrift store slash museum. The orange Tupperware juice pitcher that every household had in the fridge filled with green Kool-Aid. The TV guide collection. The bum sweatshirt. The McDonald's Happy Meal Smurf set the My Little Ponies and G.I. Joe figurines, Disney on VHS tapes, and giant TVs that took a couple friends to move into our first apartments that cost us $400 per month. Those were the days. I say that now, too, while rubbing that spot on my neck that always kinks, no matter how much I spend on ergonomic pillows. When my family asked me how I wanted to spend my birthday, I didn't say a long nap, but I wanted to. <laughs> Instead, I said I just wanted to stay home with the kids, maybe ride some horses and make breakfast. Let me sit for a little longer in the morning with my cup of coffee. And I meant it. That's all I wanted. To take it easy, because I've been busting my butt the last decade or two. 39. If I'm lucky, that's almost half my life behind me. But whew, that last part went fast, didn't it? How long does it take to start feeling like you're getting things right? My 30s set me firm in what motivates me and solidified a career path that 20-something me was too scared to define. And my 30s brought me into motherhood and then turned around and slapped me in the face with the inevitability of my own mortality. It cut me open, literally, right down the middle, and is still working on teaching me that healing takes patience, that I can't do a thing if I don't take care of myself properly. In my 20s, I thought I could do it all if I wanted to. In my 30s, 
my 30s helped me discover that I don't want to. And while our society tries to tell women like me that we're losing relevance, remember that pop star thing? I'm happy to now have the audacity to call bull on that. I've been working my whole life to get to the very place I stand, and I got most of the way by navigating with an actual map. So cheers to middle age, a place from which we can tell you from experience that you're going to regret those jeans in a few years, but you most definitely should wear them anyway. Thank you for listening to this week's Stories from the Ranch. If you want more content, you can follow me on Instagram at jessieveter or Facebook at Veter Ranch. If you want more information about my music, you want to download it or hear more, you can find that at jessievetermusic.com or anywhere where you listen to music. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.